The current spoiler warning level is Azure. Friends and folks, for this episode, you're looking at a spoiler warning level of Azure. We're talking about a machine, and it's one variant from Turn A Gundam. Uh, we also do have a few weird tangents. Um, we, we So I guess I should say this is also a... I don't even know that... We mentioned things from Destiny 2 and from NBA 2K16. Neither are spoilery. You can, you can, you'll listen, you don't have to worry about us spoiling the plot of NBA 2K16 here. Though it's tempting. Actually, I'm tempted to do it right now. Can you, okay. Please enjoy the episode. Hello, friends and folks, and welcome back to another episode of Mechanista NG and a return to form. I'm Six Stepmar from Stanley Media. I'm Dylan. Let's roll the regular list. We've been yeah. doing some. We've been doing some requests, and those are good. But you know, and as well as just things that were the most ancient things on our list. Well, that was also a request. Duh. Oh right, duh, yeah, because that was that was Adam's request actually. Yeah. So, yeah. All that's but, now. Done. Bind. Uh, no, we'll have to finish those on another at, at a time when we can get podcasts. <laughs> uh, well, okay. Correct century. Not a lot left. All right. Well, what do we get? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Ah. Uh, <laughs> okay. This one's not going to be very fun for you to guess. Are you ready? Yeah. Give me it. This is the FLAT-L06D. Oh, okay. I wonder <laughs> what this could be. Uh, you know, uh, hmm. So, FLAT, I wonder what that could stand for. It's the Turn X. Sorry, you were taking so long. No, 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 excited. no. It was the high heel, damn it. Oh, right. You're right. <laughs> I was trying. I was actually saying all that to try to, like, buy me time as I try to remember what it, what did the Earth people call this? Because the flat is what the moon race calls it, but they call it the high heel on Earth. Okay, well, do you know what it stands for? No, what does it stand for? It's flexible letter actuator technology, uh, which is extremely, we needed to fill out this acronym. <laughs> you know, you say that, but this is actually probably one of the most normal acronyms we've had, I think. Is it flexible ladder? I mean, look at the spine. What what about it? It has one. It's kind of like a ladder. You're worse <laughs> than seed right now. No, what? Why am I worse than seed? Why me? Your lad your your justification for these acronyms is seed tier. My whole point was that this is not a seed tier acronym. <laughs> You're wrong. That's my point. It's not a ladder. It has a spine. I'm not a ladder. Well, fucking facet doesn't sound as good as flat, okay? I don't care how it sounds. It's a bad acronym. This is not my problem. I was not assigned to solve the acronym. Whoever was did a bad job. Look. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Okay, all right. As all long right. as we're Let's... on the same page. Here. Yeah. I mean, 
you're not wrong. The flat is actually very cool, though. Is the yeah, no, the flat is great. Um, you know, it's a uh, it is a Moonrace mobile suit. Uh, it is originally designed by Sid Mead, very evidently. Um, and yeah, it's so. It, this is technically the first mobile suit we see, right? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I mean, it's like the opening shot of the of the show. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, L- Lauren, Fran, and Keith are in the flat uh, when it, the at the very beginning of the show. So, um, and yeah, so it is designed as a atmospheric reentry unit, which is why it was used for that. But it is a also a battle unit, uh, and so. We see it initially at the start of the show, and it's pretty... I mean, we don't really see it do anything too crazy then, at the start. But then, later on, when we start seeing these deployed... Uh, I think we really start seeing these get used with, um... Uh, Cancer and the other guy. Um... Uh, the Ret team. Uh, we, we most... That's when we, like, start seeing these, like, really in combat, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're fucking weird. Uh, so starting with the head, you've got, uh, basically a half dome head, um, at the front, you've got, like, at the bottom of the half dome, in the middle, you have, like, a little triangle. Oh, Muran Muran, that's it. Muran, yeah, sorry, I forgot the, the, the guy who looks like a hippie, I know Cancer. Yeah, yeah. But I forgot Muran. Um, but yeah, so, the half, you have a half dome head, it's got, like, little circular details on the top. In the center of it, um, on the front, you've got, like, a little triangle hanging down, which is kind of, like, I guess, like, the best equivalent to, like, an eye. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, on either, around either side, you've got, like, some red frame, uh, that technically starts from the spine along the back, but then you have two areas that wrap around, uh, the head a little bit. They hang a little lower than the half dome, so it almost looks like it has, like, bug mandibles or something kind of has that effect yeah definitely um but yeah and then the back of the head though for the neck you've got a very visible spine that goes all the way down to the waist uh from the front of the neck not really a lot of detail it's just a lot of red mess and lines uh looking at the line art real quick does it have like a camouflaged compound eye or something uh has a bunch of circles arranged in a very specific pattern on the top of the head i don't know uh i I I have no idea if that's where the sensors are or what. If it's like, you know, because you can Cause see we never it, see we never see it like launch missiles out of there or something, which is the other thing you might think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just that unlike a lot of times with the sensors, they're not clear though. As you mentioned, they are like mm-hmm. colored in, so it's it's a it's a weird one. Um, I don't know for sure. I also feel like one of the things we get here is that um, Sid Mead isn't as prone to like notating these things, right? Like, yeah. Sid, you know, we get a lot of Gundam artists who will have the little air, like, lines with kanji being like, this is a sensor, you know? Yeah. Whereas this is just, it just kind of exists. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, um, I don't know for sure if that's what those are. Um, but as you go further around, um, the, uh, the torso itself, you've got, like, black armor on the front of the torso. You have a lot of visible, like, of that, like, neck frame, like, that red. Um, mm-hmm. still on the torso as well, like, on the sides, and the whole back is just bare. Um, the details on the back actually kind of remind me of, like, when you see, like, the backpack on the, or, like, the back of the sumo and stuff, it's a lot of the Sid Mead, you know, 
various like concave areas with like triangular details and stuff mm-hmm. um you know again it doesn't indicate any singular function when looking at it but it looks fancy <laughs> um but yeah so you've got like the black armor on the chest though and um it's got i believe the cockpit is actually on the chest for this design wait where's the cockpit actually i can't remember the cockpit is in torso yes okay just okay. had to make sure um you never know what these turn a designs you never do um uh so by the time they did the line art we actually have some interesting considerations that i don't know if they were in the sid meat art but they are definitely in the shows like sete because this is you know they'll show sete later on um mm-hmm. you can see that uh there are actually like cool arm inner frame parts there like two big cylinders uh that connect into the arms but then the arms themselves you've got uh kind of a a pauldron that's made out of like how do you even describe it it's a bunch of flat plates you know uh they're very flat shoulders overall um but there's like multiple plates on like the top and the bottom half like a bunch of these triangular plates all arranged around and then you've got like one parts that hang hang off of the center of those but they kind of go inward a little so you know they kind of have like I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's pauldrons, right? You got you know, the hanging pauldrons there and everything. You yeah. know what they make me think of is, let me see if I can find a good image of this. Um, there's actually a Destiny 2 uh, item that I used to wear all the time. Um, this is not its default color, but this is closer to how I tended to wear it. Um, Let's see. This is the ACD0 feedback fence. Yeah, it's like one of those where it's like, or you know what this this kind of like tech design pops up in things like uh deus ex human revolution has a lot of these like triangular plated things which is interesting because this is like many years before that but Mm -hmm. just um sid meets the the designer of the future and yeah uh and triangles of the future right um triangular plates hexagons and triangles can't, can't can't lose and when you put two triangles next to each other, it makes a hexagon anyway, if you have them in the right pattern. So, Or if you have, not just two, but, you know. You can build anything with triangles. Yeah, you can build anything Just to ask triangles. a video game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, if you have a, uh, if you, you know. So it, it has that kind of tech design going on with it, right? Like, a lot of these, like, triangular plates on, especially for this pauldron. Now, of course, when you get to the arms themselves, they're back to being squares. Um... But, uh, so for the arms themselves, uh, they're kind of like, uh, they're a weird design. <laughs> I mean, you know, we're going to say that a lot when we're talking turn A designs. So the inner arm has a bunch of those plates that actually look, they kind of remind me of the, the spine along the back, but without the red frame. But like, you know, you've got like a clear arrangement of like movable, like plates, on the inner arm you know these like mm-hmm. trapezoidal the these trapezoidal parts going down the inside of the arm and then the outer arm is um very like symmetrical arm. well i say very symmetrical armor it's not very symmetrical the upper arm is but the lower arm kind of you know does the sid meter thing of having random concave areas and like again more square panel details nothing that indicates function just really fancy looks um what do you think the philosophy behind we we see those so much on sydney designs and uh what like all the gaps in the armor and stuff well i mean like the just generally the philosophy of like 
unex like ki- seemingly like unexplained, perhaps even unexplicable like details like that. Um, I mean, inexplicable, I should say. Excuse me. I feel like honestly, I just feel like Sid Mead is just like this is the kind of designer he is, right? Like, yeah, when you're doing speculative design for like science fiction and whatnot, um, you know, like like. like like, when you look at, like, 60s, 70s era sci-fi, etc., you don't always know the function of things, but you know what looks futuristic. Um, sure, it's kind of the problem of, like, this is a weird comparison, maybe, but, like, when you play a tabletop game, right, mm-hmm. and you play a character who's really smart, and you're like, I am not as smart as this character, so some of this stuff is kind of hard to represent, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, this is the future, there's only so much we can, in our current time, understand what the intent of this design is. You know, it's, it's like, cause like, you know, a good example is like here, here I was, I was trying to like look up other seventies, like science fiction designs. So this is from a French comic of uh, the seventies, but like this kind of like greebly detail. Right. And like, Mm -hmm. like Sid Mead has his own version of it. He's a lot more square, but like, we don't know what any of that function is. Actually a good example. Also look at the vehicles in star Wars. Right. Sure. They are covered in details and greebles and whatnot that make them seem sophisticated, but we don't know what any of the, those things do. I mean, we do now because you people do that, but you know what I mean? like Right. But I mean, just... a lot of times it feels like, like you, maybe you don't know specifics, but it feels kind of self-evident, right? Like, you can look at some of the stuff here, right? Like, the um, I'll put the image in the show note, but it is this big blue one assumes spaceship perhaps just a regular skycraft um with a big uh engine set on the back with exposed circuitry and and mechanical areas and you can pick out parts where you're like well clearly that's a fuel line well clearly those are like yeah cables and stuff right well you can but again like it has so many though and uh, what Mm -hmm. that is is left to the 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 viewer's imagination you know Mm -hmm. yeah um and I think, especially, like, with Sid Mead, for instance, designing giant robots, like, you know, this is already going to be, like, a weird thing. Because, like, when you look at, like, vehicle design, right, it's easy to, like, look at a vehicle and still kind of have an idea of what parts are for. But I feel like with a giant robot, like, because that's something so fantastic, it just kind of looks like this. You know, like, it just, when you add those details that, because, like, these are not details that would be unfamiliar on, say, like, a building designed by Sidney or, like, a mm-hmm. ship or craft designed by him. But again, like, when it's those things, it's easier to, like, relate, okay, well, you know, this is probably this or this. Like, you know, you just did that with the ship, for instance, right? Like, oh, this is probably a fuel line. I feel like when you're designing giant robots, though, the problem is he wants to add those details, but you don't have those same considerations on giant robots just by the nature of their being you know um yeah i mean like if you look at a lot of the designers we're used to i mean there are details on you know classic gundam designs that are unexplained right but for the most part there is a real impulse to have them all have a clear justification yeah well like you know here's a good example uh actually of sid mead right so here's him with his art if you look at the art in the background there right that's like clearly like some kind of like space capsule or tent right Mm -hmm, that's Uh, the one that vegeta came in yeah uh, look at the surface details. Triangles, random little circles. It's the same things that pop up on the turn A designs. But when sure. they're on architecture like this, it's just like, oh, that's feature architecture, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's it's something that I just find interesting because like when they're on the robots though it's something that is like so weird to see on these designs I guess like because there's also a... oh, sorry yeah. this what is just a dub there's a rare opportunity of getting to see Sidney draw ass cheeks God. <laughs> yeah what a that is a very tall person I just realized too looking at the light there with some the last... serious cake yeah maybe maybe alien. Because, like, look at the head, too. I mean, listen, yeah, to have a butt that good, you'd have to be. <laughs> God. Um, but you see what I mean, right? Like, this is just yeah. his This yeah. is just his brand of art, right? And Sure. And, like, when it again, when it's applied to architecture, it is simply... I think on architecture, you could make the consideration, oh, this is aesthetic touches, right? Like, those right. lines, those circles, etc. But we're so used to it with robots, like, you know, generally wanting, like, the functional explanation, too, that when he's designing this armor, it's, I I can't see any reason for like, like some of like the wrist armor to have these things going on or like the back armor, right? Why Mm -hmm. isn't it just like a a clean flat plate? Um, it is a flat plate. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I hate that. Anyway. Um, I don't know. It's weird. And especially like, you know, when you're, it's, it's something I think really comes up on these designs. Like, where you see a lot of internals, because, like, at least with the sumo, with it, the sumo is mostly armor that is visible, you know? You're not seeing a lot of, like, the insides. You're just seeing armor all over it. And not to mention the sumo being, like, a Queen's Guard unit. The ornamentation doesn't feel as out there, but, like, with something like the flat here, it's like, huh, I wonder what all these do, even though I I think more than likely they aren't designed with a function, you know? Yeah, the the flat is, like, of... The, of the moon race machines we see is like one of the most clearly utilitarian designs. Yeah, besides like the fence making robot and all that, true, you know. True. But yeah, yeah. this it, it is very utilitarian um overall. It, it's just something I think is interesting. I, I mm-hmm. think Sid Mead has a vision of science fiction though that is very much this kind of like aesthetic detail. I I, I feel like it, it's kind of like I don't want to say opposed to, but like. Another 70s science fiction thing, right? And this is ironic because Sid Mead worked on the sequel to this, but, like, Alien, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, Alien is designed in a very utilitarian way, but, like, everything is clearly labeled. You know, warning labels, switches, physical, you know, thing, things like that. And it's really funny to me that Sid Mead worked on Aliens, given that, like, I, it's, it, I just don't consider, like, which I haven't seen Aliens, <laughs> so I oh, guess maybe huh. uh, Aliens is also of a different. I know it's of a different tonal style than Alien, but there's a there's an interest. I mean, like the the climax of the movie involves actually a mech yeah, or a mecha, uh, the the power loader, and the design of that thing is very interesting because it is Sid Mead trying to do utilitarian without compromising his style. Interesting. I never thought about that with the power loader. Actually, it's really funny. When you see the art of the power loader, let me show you this. Uh, at least, I believe this is art of the power loader by him. Uh, yeah, because that's his signature in the lower right. This looks very turn A, funnily enough, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, looking at this concept art here. Which and the concept I, art I is pretty different than how it turned out. Yeah, that's the thing. That's actually really fascinating now that I look at it. Though I think part of the reason it's different is because they had to do it with practical effects. Yeah, that's the other thing, right? <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I mean, like even even looking at this more fantastical design, you can still see that it is like it has a lot of Sid Mead touches, but it has like such clear like you look at the manipulators on this and it's like those are not aesthetic. Those are it needs to be able to pick things up. Yeah, it's just really interesting with Mead. And actually, it's really funny because like when I associate like the Aliens movies with like all the grime and stuff, when I see Sid Mead's art for the movie, though, it's like, I look at this, like, for the Sulaco here, and it's like, oh, that's just, that is Sid Mead, right? Or, like, this interior shot. It's like, oh, yeah, that feels very median. Even though there's, yeah. like, a lot of cables and stuff, but, like, the overall art, like, makes you realize, oh, okay, I guess I see it. it it's just interesting with Mead. Mm-hmm. Interesting it, artist. I, I, I don't know that I had the most, like, insightful perspective, but it's like, we've talked about so many Sid Mead designs, and we are running out. Um, yeah. and I wanted to basically have this talk before we, before we ran out. Oh yeah, you know? no. And like, again, it's something that's just kind of, you know, it, I mean, may as well bring it up because yeah, we're going to be out soon. Um, I don't know. Very good artist. That's what I'll say about looking at all his art now. Just like in the meantime is damn, was a very good artist. Um, I'm glad they got him for good. Um, but yeah, ultimately like this part on the wrist though, <laughs> on the outer, like, you know, arm, I don't know, you know, uh, mm-hmm. And then, of course, when we get to the hands, this has very turn A hands where they're very detailed. Um, and I always, you know, like, I, I always like when the hands, like, are like this. But I love this, like, line art that we got later on. Like, this, again, sete for the show of, like, these very detailed close-ups of the hands. I, I love the armor and whatnot going on with the hands. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot better than your just simple, you know, a lot of times things boil down to your very simple federation slash zeon style does it have square fingers or does it have round fingers <laughs> so. mm-hmm. um anyway moving on to the waist the waist is just a simple block no skirts or anything really um you know it's got some armor on the top of the thighs that resembles like you know your standard skirt armor but it's not really it's not really done the same way um so very you know you just got the square blocky waist i should say the torso and the waist do not connect via the main torso. It is, again, just that little spinal piece that is just mm-hmm. plugged into the back there. Um, and then the legs are actually done similar to the arms, right? The back of the legs is completely bare, and you've got, like, that same bunch of, like, metal and, like, trapezoid parts going down uh, the length of the leg. But the front of it is just armor, and it's just got some lines. <laughs> uh, very nice-looking lines. Uh, you know, it's got this, like, nice rounded shape. Like, if you're looking at the armor from the side, it would have this, like, you know, semicircular shape. But, um, yeah. And then the feet, uh, you've got really big, like, foot parts that are, you know, that the leg is stuck into. Uh, that comprise, like, of the toe and then, like, kind of the ankle, I guess I would say. is like that one piece is, like, ankle to toe. It's just one piece that's at an mm-hmm. ankle. And then out of that, though, you have a big metal strut that is like a high heel, hence, well, the the, the Earth people calling it the high heel. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, uh, this suit does have a transformation as well. It has the landing mode, which is, um, you know, when it's doing the orbital drops, or we, we've seen it also just do this mode one doing, like, a cruise thing on Earth. But, like, the legs... Basically, the arms just lay flat at the sides, and the legs just kind of pop up, and the head just looks directly forward. The head, uh, the he- the head stays staring forward, but the torso folds backwards and lays flat, and then the legs Which is, fold over that. 
It's an atypical Gundam thing and I appreciate, right? Because it is so common for flight forms to be like, and the head tucks away and we switch to other sensors. And Sid Mead's like, you've got perfectly good sensors right here. <laughs> just use yeah. those. Yeah, just has the head. Um, yeah. And then, so the flat uses a lot of weapons, actually. We'll talk about it. And it also does a lot of things uh, that you don't expect it to do necessarily at first because, you know, we saw this as a landing craft. So for all we know... Oh, there's just like a normal civilian mobile suit, etc. This is not going to be doing anything crazy. Um, it does a lot. So, uh, should say that at one point, uh, when Joseph is piloting this for the Inglesa military, uh, his unit is painted in red, uh, mm -hmm. which is nice colors. Uh, and then it changes like the inner frame stuff to blue. Like, uh, not quite like the blue of the armor of the original. It's not like it inverts the colors. It's like this kind of like just lighter blue. Or it's not light blue. It's dark blue, but it's it's a more saturated blue, I guess I'll say, than the other one, right? Which is like this very dark black that you can see a, like a little bit of like coolness to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not like, you know, especially like the box art makes that evident, um, which, you know, doesn't help that the box art's on a blue background. So it's going to make the black there look more blue, but you know. Uh, it's just, you know, nice, nice colors, though. Just wanted to mention the colors. Although, he also has these random, uh, like, racing green, uh, wrist parts, which is a really interesting choice. You can just say ugly, Dylan. Uh, it's pretty ugly, yeah. yeah. Um, it starts to make me see this as Christmas colors. Um, anyway, so for weapons... It mentions the arm heat edge and the leg heat edge. I don't even remember what that is. Um, I'm assuming that it's just that it can heat the arms and legs. Like, the the edge of the armor. Because I don't I remember that's right. that. Yeah. Like, I don't remember that being called as, like, a, a thing. Um, now, a thing that we should mention it can do that uh, is mentioned in the special equipment, and it kind of comes to the aid of it also being an attacker, is it can vibrate really mm -hmm. fast and i think that's like maybe like that like what it's talking about with the arm and leg heat edge because i when i say it vibrates very fast i mean it vibrates very fast uh it is able to vibrate to such a degree that like it it works defensively it uh is able to destroy the earth beneath it from vibrating so quickly and like burrow mm -hmm. and it obviously is able to use this offensively you know, I think at one point, like, it gra we see it grab Eizaku and shake it apart, basically. There's also a variant that is only notable for one feature. So this is the the LO6U public piece type, which uh, vibrates to create waves that cause nausea in people to make them disperse. Oh, no. Just like when we talked about the microwave beam that one time. Same yeah, thing. No, this, is, oh. this, is, this, is the, this is the flat L06U Havana syndrome. Yeah. Only yeah. real, sorry. I guess <laughs> I should clarify. Yeah. But yeah, like, it, I, I guess, like, if it's using low-frequency vibrations, we could see this as a sonic version of it, right? Like, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah. Um, the Peacekeeping one also has, like, looking at it there, actually, it has, like, a crotch light? Like, a spotlight on the crotch? Uh, this is made by a different designer, but I do think that they kept the median influence, because look at the design of that spotlight there. On the you know, left. You said frequency vibrations, right? Uh-huh. And there is a thing that happened in my brain, and I remembered... I've never played this game. 
But I do happen to know that NBA 2K16, the one where the career mode was written by Spike Lee, uh, the main character's nickname was Frequency Vibrations. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> they just called him Freak for short. <laughs> okay. Well, that's something I know now. Cool. Yeah, here's here's the here's the NBALive.com wiki page for frequency vibrations. <laughs> okay. Anyway, what he's nineteen. Name? Did not play the piano. Um, <laughs> well, listen, uh, that's up to the player. That's you decide that in character creation. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, other other armaments though. Um, that are mentioned are uh so we we can actually see these also i'm gonna pull up the page that has these because the wiki doesn't have them like separate it's it is on the line art page though um for the different uh weapons we see it using uh so i'm gonna link you that you'll see them at the bottom so mm -hmm. uh it has the box beam rifle which uh the box beam rifle is a folding beam rifle that is a really cool design it's like a so, by default, it's a box, obviously. The stock pulls out of the center. Uh, the barrel flips forward, and then... Or, part of the barrel flips forward, looking at it. Actually, no, sorry, the stock is on top, I think. Maybe? I can't tell how this unfolds looking at it, actually. The more I stare at it, the more confused I am. Uh, I can tell so that the, at the, the bottom, the... that's the barrel, and then the barrel is inside of that. Yeah, so there's so there's the um on the very top you have the receiver with the stock retracted and the handle folded underneath. And then the uh second part is um another part of the receiver and then the barrel cowling with the barrel within. Okay, I see. This is it was just funny because like I was staring at it, I'm like, okay, I see how this works. And I'm like, wait a minute, no, I don't what? It's there they should have included one more intermediate like they show the picture of like how it's unfolding. But they should have had one more intermediary step IMO, because, like, just a quick glance at that does not, you know... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just... Uh, weird. Anyway. Uh... Then next up is the box bazooka. Now, the box bazooka is not shown on this page, unfortunately. And I'm not seeing any art of it, and I don't have enough screen caps of the episodes that I can, like quickly find it mm -hmm. but know that it has a box bazooka that i'm presuming does a similar thing now the next one is luckily on this page which would be the 22 box missile launcher i love the design of this one so again similar shape it's that very simple box but what happens is the two halves of the box open and each half has 10 missiles uh loaded onto the part that folds out and it also has this really cool like ring handle that pops out mm -hmm. uh I, I just like the design of this a lot, actually. I really like this little thing. Um, on the left, there's a bolt-action rifle. Uh, this is the militia's rifle uh, that they use on their flat. So they just upscaled a bolt-action rifle to use on the flat that they uh, obtained. Mm -hmm. uh, and, I mean, it, it looks like a bolt-action rifle, <laughs> you know? It's interesting. It's not... Um... I mean, it looks like it's made... Uh, you know what I like about it is it... It feels like something the militia made, because if you look at it, you can see, like, the fabricated metal parts, right? Like, this reminds me of, like, when you would see those, like, more, like, cheaply made World War II era guns, like, when all the nations were just pumping out guns. Like, you can mm -hmm. just see, like, all the fabricated metal parts, like, the, 
you know the way the stock is and whatnot and a lot of it just has these simple like bolts and pl- or like pins in place to hold it together i'm staring at this i don't think it's bolt action i, was I believe say, that I, the, I know they call the it that I, I, well you can have a clip in a bolt action rifle that's not a problem the thing is it doesn't the bolt doesn't lock so if you look at a bolt action rifle the mm-hmm. the like the thing that makes a trademark is you get a lot of accuracy because you don't get a lot of mechanical movement because the way you cycle the bolt when you're done you lock it into place it actually looks pump action it's just that the handle on the side is the pump and yeah. judging by the placement people evoke though you do also you could have that frame there of the bolt rotating I don't know I guess I'm I also losing to, my mind yeah. at like it actually having so I've seen the way that you uh, I, I, I know the way that you take apart weapons. I am not the gun person on this podcast, like, in terms of knowledge, but I have seen how you take apart a weapon, and I like that it has, like, the barrel lock there and everything. Like, it shows how you would pull that out for some reason. Well, that that's that's the, that's the process of the bolt cycling, which makes me... I have to... I have to go back and watch some of this. I won't do it for this episode, but I should do it sometime, because mm-hmm. the mechanism doesn't look bolt action as far as the the user side of it but the that image there of the bolt cycling is very bolt action so maybe it's just indirect manipulation of the bolt yeah also um so the next weapon mention is a container bomb i think that might be referring to this this is not a container bomb this is we have strapped missiles to make a fake grenade for the for for it mm-hmm like, it is literally just a bunch of missiles, like, tied together that you can see are, like, there's a bunch of them tied to the arm, and it's basically makeshift grenades. But mobile yeah, size grenades. I would assume the name is just probably something from, like, I don't know, the the one gunplay they made? Maybe it's in the manual? Manual, yeah. Manual! Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it does mention the hand bean gun. Now, with the name hand bean gun, I think that is a reference to the sumo's bean gun. I right. can, I Because I, I think... I don't remember if we see one using one in the show, but it may have been in the manga or something, but hand bean gun is specifically the same term that is applied to the sumos, like, you know, little ring rifles. Right, right. Um, then, of course, uh, the Minchi drill, which the Minchi drill is originally seen on the uh, Egale, and, you know, it is famously the weapon used by um, Corin Nander. Mm-hmm. But... At one point, the militias also uses the Minchi drill, which the Minchi drill is, you know, the, it is a, basically like a Oni hammer that is all, that, that vibrates at intense frequencies and the front of it, like, spins. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it it is basically this, like, you know, uh, Oni hammer mixed with excavation tool is the best way to describe it. I also like down in the references section there's this image from a magazine of the flat and the the kapul and the way it's standing there if you look at it like just a quick glance it looks like the flat has a hand on the kapul's head. Yeah. Also this is good art. <laughs> there there little buddy. Um but yeah, um so with the flat though the funny thing is that's basically it. <laughs> right? We've gone through the equipment and everything. One interesting little note we can also talk about with it is on I'm relinking this to you, but on that piece the piece type page. Yeah, you can yeah, see in the right. lower left, there's mm-hmm. actually different color schemes that we see for this too, uh, that they have. Uh I love that dazzle camo one in the lower left where it's got like green it's got like this bright green, but like it's if you look at the feet and stuff, it's got, like, kind of a... Not even a gradient, just, like, pattern. It's got, like, a, a faint, like, foliage shadow kind of pattern. 
Uh-huh. But then the legs and the arms, the arm on the legs, or the arm armor and the leg armor has, like, dazzle camo, basically. Yeah, it's black and white with, like, you know, geometric angular stripes. Um, Very... Weird. I love it, though. That's uh, a lot. Then you got, like, that blue one there to the right of that, which... That one's got an interesting pattern because it's just got like this almost like an eyeball pattern, but it's mm -hmm. like done out of squares, like on the legs, the chest, and the either arm. Mm -hmm. And then for the last one there, you've just got like, uh, what's that camo called? Like sp splinter camo? Like where it's like, you know, all the little yeah. like, lines like that. It's like urban splinter camo, weirdly. Uh, splitter, not splinter. Splitter, no, and... sorry. Yeah, You're splitter. Uh, it's like urban splitter camo or something. Or like. Yeah. It's weird. It's it's just a bunch of lines, but it's gray. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, and then of course the piece type itself also has a similar camo, but uh, it's a little more like more almost like squared. Like yeah, it's it's like it's like um, it's like a mix of that and digital camo. Yeah, like futuristic, like like geometric shapes in a way that doesn't feel like honestly, it doesn't feel very much like it's trying to be camo, just like yeah. a color scheme. Yeah. Um, just hard to build a gunpla of is the is the goal, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, now the thing with that though is that's it for the flat. It doesn't have any related machines or anything. It's just its own machine, like a lot of turn A machines. Just it's my favorite turn A machine. Um, it's definitely up there. I I love. I'm glad that they have. I have the gif of this scene. But I love when you have the middle one, like, landing there, and then the one on the left just kind of walking like a weird, like, dude. Like, just kind of <laughs> like, whoop. Like, this machine just moves weirdly. That's great. It's a cool machine, though. Yeah, no, it's a, it's great. I love seeing it in animation. Um, oh, I should note, by the way, even though the inner arm is designed with, like, the, uh, what looks like the bendy areas, it actually can bend along the axis of, the like, the arm too like 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 normal elbow bend it just mm -hmm. looks bizarre when it does that i think it makes sense i mean it's, it's inside is like a is like a slinky yeah well like yeah because the parts fold around each other mm -hmm. or it's like weird. some sort of some sort of ladder maybe yeah like a ladder maybe <laughs> i was saying that to be difficult but okay i'm just saying ladder actuators actuators are I think that that's referring to those parts. Not just the spine, actually. Like, the arms and the legs. Because actuators. Moving parts. Maybe. I guess. I don't know. I still feel I know. I'm not but... saying it's, like, a good one. I'm just saying I get where it's coming from. Okay. Fair enough. Anyway. Well, that's it for the flat. How many machines do we have left in Correct Century? Three. Three. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, uh, Six, where can people find you online? Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter, at Six Detmar, S-A-X-D-E-T-T-M-A-R. Um, I'm probably going to move to co-host real soon, but even if I do, I will leave that account open so that you can DM me with any questions or comments or any of that stuff. Yep, and you can find me on co-host and Twitter, at LowPolyRobot. I haven't really been using either one very much. I just haven't been very online, which, you know, overall is good. Mm -hmm. um you know last night i live tweeted a couple of screenshots from yojimbo because that movie fucking rules um that's a good movie um 
But, yeah, no, other than that, like, you know, I just kind of randomly post stuff. I guess I had been posting lately. I just don't, I don't think about it, though. That's the thing, right, is, like, lately it's just been a lot of, like, me doing other things and then, like, oh, maybe I'll post this. This seems cool. Or talking about how I went from hating getting this character, but now I love him in uh, Mahjong Souls because he coughs up blood. And uh, I think that's a very fun emo to deploy because that's how I feel playing Mahjong at all times. But, yeah, no, that's it. Um, well six yep yeah you know dylan every time i see a sunrise i'm overwhelmed by the life that fills this planet <laughs> i know i was supposed to say something afterwards but i was just like i was too busy thinking i'm like whose line was that anyway was that that's loran that's loran okay i was gonna say that feels like a loran thing yeah it's hard to find quotes for people from Turnay. Peace. Sadamero, 